Hello, my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs, but like many people, the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic, which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO. I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery. But that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people just like me who are fascinated with this stuff. So why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said. And let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free, but supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise. And I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so I'd like to welcome back to the show today, Nick Gadman. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Frank. How are you? I'm very well. Bit of a grim week, as we were just talking about off air, but I'm <laughs> sort of on, on the uh, on the other side of that now, so it's all good. So, in in your last appearance on the show, we discussed what most people would class as nuts and bolts type of UFO experiences. So in other words, like witnessing objects in the sky and things like that. And we also mentioned a bit in that episode that there's some other elements to things that you've experienced, which is what we'll be delving into today with some of the more woo aspects of the phenomenon as, as people uh, refer to it. So um, first of all, going back to your your childhood, uh, you'd mentioned to me uh, that that your, your mum uh, claimed certain gifts like premonitions and, and out-of-body experiences and things, whilst your dad was quite adamant that none of that stuff was, was real and whatnot. So how did that sort of shape your view on things uh, as you were growing up? Well, when I was growing up, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a little bit of a different kettle of fish. When you're growing up, you're kind of open to lots of different inputs so let's say for example you know when i was 10 or 11 i believed in ghosts when i was you know but when i was 18 19 i no longer believed in ghosts i think um and but now that i'm in my late 40s i think I, you know I'm, I'm coming to a different uh viewpoint and things let me let me just try and fr- from what you're saying is when you've got a parent when you've got one parent who is claims to be gifted and they're talking about out of body experiences and astral projections and that kind of thing, it's um, as a child you, you you're open to that kind of influence. You know, you, your mind is open. But if you've got a, if you've got another parent, say, you no, know, my father was very grounded. He was a total opposite. He's, he was, didn't believe in this kind of stuff. So. When you grow up, I, th- I think you find yourself having this kind of balance where you understand on one on one side of the you know on one side of the coin you do 
that th- there is this idea of out-of-body experiences or astral projections and ghosts and this kind of thing. But then at the same time, I think it, like I say, having another parent who's completely balanced, it gives you another balanced perspective. The thing is, though, I, I think people's perspectives change more when they grow up as well. I think you're more open to... Uh, I think children or young adolescents are more open to uh, phenomenon than adults are because you become more jaded and mm. cynical as you grow older. So I think what what I'm trying to say is is the fact that um I, you know I, my mum died of cancer when I was about eighteen, and from then on my life was became very cynical and very jaded and very grey. But for the fact that in the last few years I've actually started to look at the world in um, in, in a less cynical and more open minded, um, I'm starting to look at I, I'm starting to look at there might be a possibility of after thirty years of being cynical and and jaded and and grim, I'm actually starting to think that there might be something else to uh, there might be something else to the universe, which is a kind of I think most people would would continue their life being jaded. I speak to my dad to this day, and my dad is a ve- you know he's he's a, he's a very straightforward, um, straight down the line kind of kind of guy. But he says to me like, "Well, when I've lived a lifetime believing this, how can how can my mind ever be changed?" But in the past few years, my mind has actually been changed. You know, maybe when you get in your sixties and seventies, your mind can't be changed. I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I in the last in the last few years, my mind has actually started to go in the opposite direction. I'm actually starting to believe there might be something more to. After thirty years of cynicism, I'm starting to believe there might be more to the woo. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, like the the difference between the way your mind works when you're a kid, and uh, I, I was I was thinking about the the way that people grow up in religious schools and things like that. I, I basically was, was raised Catholic, not like really, really strict. Like my grandparents were very strict and things, but my parents weren't as strict into that. But that sort of exposes you to the concepts of things like, you know, entities and strange experiences. Cause that's kind of part and parcel of religions, isn't it? So it's like, um, you know, I think a lot of people end up going down that path of like they grow up exposed to those kind of concepts, and obviously, depending on what your parents are interested in, like you say, if your parents are interested in things like out of body experiences and whatnot as well. But then, a lot of the time, when you get older, like you go out into the real world, and perhaps you you don't, especially if you have you know really, um, you know, experiences that can that can change your way of looking at things. You know, sometimes you might dismiss a lot of that that you perhaps did take on board when you were younger that sounds a bit like that maybe that's what happened with you there um did you have any religious sort of upbringing or was was there no elements of religion in it for you no both of my parents were um i mean my parents are both very open-minded to a certain degree i mean I, i you know i'm i'm not going to um my mum was very into the spiritual aspect of things like i say you know, she she did claim to have. A, she she would tell me about premonitions, and she I'd sit down and she would tell me stories of dreams that she'd had, and literally the phone would ring, and she would be telling me, "Oh, um, I dreamt that um, that your uncle your uncle was 
having a, a baby and he was going to have a baby girl and blah, blah, blah. And the phone would literally rang, ring in the middle of that conversation. And it would be my uncle on the phone telling me about his wife was pregnant with a baby girl. And I remember that really clearly. And there was, there was several, so many, um, uh, you know, experiences that she, there was so many experiences like that, 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 um, and another one was like, she had a dream that, um, that her sister had, had sold uh, assist, she had a dream that she was in her sister's flat and there was a man turned up with an, with an umbrella and a bowler hat and a briefcase. And then when she was telling me this story at breakfast time, like the phone rang and it was my mum's sister, my mum's other sister and my mum's sister who had sold, just sold her apartment. And it was like, these, these dreams always seem to add up with significant things that happened in her life but would also kind of have echoes of the future. Now, as a kid, you know, oh, that's all great and fine. But my, you know, my dad was, you know, like I say, on the other hand, he was not like that. No, they weren't religious. Um, you know, my dad was very much of a rock and roll guy, smokes weed, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but he, he held down a good job. But he was really not, even though he was a bit more kind of free-spirited, you know, a product of the sixties and seventies. He was. He just did not give in to this. He didn't have any of this astral projection kind of premonition vibe. But my mum was insistent on it, and I. I don't know where I stand with that at all. But what I will say is, like the stories that I remember her telling me these dreams that she had, and literally the phone ringing, and then these dreams coming true. If it, so, look, you know, let. You can chalk it down to coincidence if you want, but there was a lot of these things that would occur on a regular basis that were just a bit weird, and that's that's all I'll say on that because I have not. Uh, I'm going to talk about some stuff, but I I, don't, I I still don't have um any clue one way or the other where this thing lies. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. The like that's why I mentioned about religion. You know the the kind of like the way that your viewpoint on the world can, can change, you know, through the years. And, um, I, I, I've had some, some premonition type experiences and things like that. And, and actually my mum had uh, very similar experiences as well. And I've often wondered whether that kind of thing can run in the family. Do you think there's perhaps any links there, you know, with, with yourself, like perhaps some genetic thing that has been passed down that could, perhaps link that with things that you, your mum had experienced? Well, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, um, um, I'm pretty, I, I can't, my dad used to go out on a Thursday night, he'd, he'd go for a beer with his mate, Steve, and my mum would always say, yeah, I've sent the kids to bed. And then when when my dad had gone uh, gone out for a beer, my mum would get me downstairs. And I, like when, when my dad's out for these two or three hours, you know, drinking at the pub, I'd be talking to my mum and she'd be talking to me about all of this kind of things. And um, one of the things that she did talk to me was, um, she did talk to me about things that, that that had been seen in the family that were reoccurring things. But I think I might be jumping ahead there because I found this out after the first time I'd actually had an experience where... Um, you know, um, I I woke up and found I woke up one time and I saw a woman in my room, 
And when I spoke to my mum about it, she said, oh, yeah, um, I know about this. It, it, it seemed to run in the family. Yeah, so I think probably the best best thing to do from here is to actually dig into some of these actual experiences there that, that you have, have had. So you mentioned about when you were on the show last time about witnessing a uh, like a triangle um, type of uh, craft uh, as a child. Um, but there were also some other experiences around about that time, which I believe was the mid eighties, if I'm uh, if I'm getting that right. And would you like to elaborate on that? Some of the other sort of surrounding experiences. Well, yeah, I mean, and this is why I thought it would make a good idea talking back to back because, funnily enough, some of the things coincided. Now, a lot of your listeners are probably thinking. Why are these guys talking? And I, you know, a bit half of them have switched off already. Why are they talking about spooky stuff already? But the thing is, is when I was about, if you listen to the last episode, when I was around ten years old, I was, I was, I saw and was scanned by a black triangle, and I, and I thought one of the one of the most interesting points you asked last time was, did you ever experience any um, loss of time? And I didn't. But this thing hovered over me, it scanned me, and it moved off. Now, I, I never put these two experiences together in my life before, but recently, having, um, you know, having tried to think about this, basically what happened was around that same time, I, I, wouldn't say, I don't know whether it was the same month or the same six months, but it was approximately the same age as I got scanned by that black triangle, I woke up in the middle of the night um, or it was late in the evening and there was a woman stood over my bed and I thought it was my mum. And I looked at this, it was basically a shadowy figure. The, the only thing I could see about this person was that they were all shadow, but for some reason I knew they were smiling and in my head, I think I can see the smile, but I don't know whether I could see this smile or not. There was this, there was a, a female, and I, 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 there was a female stood over my bed. I was so comforted in, I thought it was my mother. And I, I looked at her and just, oh, hi, like it was nothing out of the blue. I, I turned over, le- leaned over, I, I turned on, on my other side. I was leaning on my right side. I turned on to my left side. So now I'm looking at the, the door whether his light coming in through the bedroom door on the bottom left-hand side of the room. Um, and I'm waiting for mum, because my mum used to come in and fold my clothes and, um, you know, maybe just give me a kiss on the cheek when I was about eight or nine, ten. Or, I was probably about ten at this time. It was before secondary school. So I'm waiting for her to leave the room, but she doesn't leave the room. And when I roll over, she's not there. The weird thing is, is there was a person in the room who wasn't there, and then all of a sudden I'm aware that this wasn't my mother. There was a there was a person in the room. Now, when I say there was a person in the room, I'm not saying like I think I saw something. I'm saying there was a person in the room. And you can't, I don't think you can mistake. Um I don't think you can mistake the feeling of a presence of another human or um, another um, living creature in the room. Let me give you a quick example. I remember a few years later, when I was a kid in Cornwall, 
Like we, we had a family holiday and I was sat on the bed. I had my headphones on full blast. I'm listening to the Beastie Boys. He'll communicate there. No, it'll be licensed to Ill at that time. Show me age. I'm listening, but I'm listening to this album full blast on my headphones, right? And all of a sudden I feel a hair stand up on the back of my neck. I'm freaked out. I'm sat alone in a room, but all of a sudden I can feel the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I'm freaked out. And I turn around on the bed and my brother stood right behind me. My little brother, he stood up sneaking up behind me because he saw I was wearing headphones. He knew I couldn't hear him and he was trying to frighten me. That 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 feeling of fear and um, just that sudden, I was suddenly freaked out by this presence in the room. It, it, it was palpable. I knew, even though I was wearing headphones and I couldn't see him, I could sense there was another living presence in the room. And I turned around right when he had his hands near my, near my neck, if you know what I mean. And he burst out laughing and I burst out laughing. And it was really funny. But that is a really great basis of comparison to what I felt when this woman was in my room. And so when I tell you there was a woman in my room, I'm not saying like um, I hallucinated or saw something that wasn't there because this was a feeling of a living presence in my room. But this per- this living presence didn't, leave my room it, it it never left the room it, it didn't go out the door it didn't go out the window it simply wasn't there all of a sudden one minute this living presence was there and then it was gone now the way i've always told this story prior is i thought i must have fallen asleep or something um because uh all of a sudden i remember the room being dark i couldn't see the um the, 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 basically, when, when I turned on on the side and the person was on the other side of me, there was a gap in the door of light and I could see this gap of light in the door that was shining through the room. And that's why I knew I was awake and that I wasn't dreaming it. This wasn't a dream. There was a person in the room. I lay on my left side. There was a gap of light in the door. I waited for my mum to go out of the room. She didn't go out of the room. And then when seven minutes later, when I turned on, she's not there. That's really freaky. Now, the next part, all I remember is the room getting suddenly, like, all of a sudden, I wasn't in that room. I was in another room because all of a sudden, the room was pitch black. And I always told this story like, oh, I must have fallen asleep because the room was suddenly pitch black. But I'm not so sure these days because, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but, but I was suddenly in this other room and... There was there were two dogs at the end of the bed. And again, it's like um, the feeling I've just described about my brother walking into the room. That's the feeling that I had before I heard the noise. And then the noise that I heard for the next couple of minutes was like the sound of two German shepherds at the end of the bed panting. I don't have dogs. I'm, a, I'm more of a cat person. I like dogs, but I'm more of a cat person. But I know what a German shepherd sounds like. And these things just slowly got progressively louder and louder. And these things were at the end of the bed. All I remember is the next five or 10 minutes were, I was just frozen, like, I wasn't frozen like night terrors because I remember squirming in my bed, wondering how to get away from this and wanting to get away from it. I could physically move. But the sound and the feel, it's not the sound, it's the feeling of two entities in the room which was palpable, which I never forgot in my whole life. 
Never yeah, just, forgot that feeling. Sorry, just, just, yeah, just yeah. to clarify. So when the the female sort of figure that appeared in your room, when when was that, and was was that the same kind of time as the the, the two dogs? It felt to me within ten minutes. I've always told the story. Oh, I must have fallen asleep hmm. because I'm lying, right? I'm like I, I sleep on my right or my left hand side, right? So I turned on to my right hand side, and all of a sudden there was a female. Like basically, my bed was in the middle of the room. There was a female presence stood above my bed. There was this woman stood above my bed. But when I, I, I because I thought it was my mum, I thought, oh, she'll go and fold my clothes. She'll go over there. And then she'll go out of the room. So I turned on to my left, and on my left, the bottom hand, left hand corner of the room, that's where the door was, and that's where the door was ajar, and there was light coming out of the coming out of the bottom corner of the room. Now, I just remember when I remembered thinking that this person has not left the room and had turned over and she'd gone. I don't remember what happened from the next point. I don't remember what happened from that point to the next. I've always thought that I saw a ghost in my head. I thought I must have seen a ghost because why other would the room go black? But what I remember is, is the next thing, the room suddenly went black and I was suddenly in a black room where it was a cold room where there was no light, there was no nothing and there were two entities at the end of my bed which I thought were dogs. Now And just... Just to oh, sorry, just yeah. to be clear. So, is this when you were very young, like round about the time that you saw the triangle? It was around the same time. I, yeah, it was around right, the same yeah. time as I saw the triangle. Now, the funny thing is, is I spoke about this to my sister a few times because my sister's pretty open minded, and she told me, and I remember she actually told me this story back in the day, and I didn't, I didn't believe her because I thought I was kind of special or something. But when I spoke to my sister a couple of weeks ago and I sent you those messages, there is a girl at the end of the road. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm going to be careful here because I'm, um, I'm of a certain age. Like, I was born in at the end of 75. My sister was born um, late 81. Um, and my, my brother is born mid-79. So I'm, I'm kind, you know, I'm not, not got a problem with giving those facts away, but there was um, eleven. We lived at we lived four rows down the way from um, a family that had two daughters, and uh, the eldest daughter was daughter was a year younger than me, and the youngest daughter was my sister's age. Now, when I recounted this on text message about a week ago to my sister, she said, "Oh yeah, I remember you telling me about that." The eldest daughter in their house recounted the exact same experience. And I was like, I remember that's that back in the day, I was like, no, I must be, you know, this, this must be something special happening to me. But for the fact that now I'm a little bit open-minded, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I do remember this. And, the thing is, is like this wasn't something that basically you're talking about um, an encounter that uh, a phenomenon that was um, it was a certain age group. This the 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 girl from four foot three doors down the road that had the same experience. She was about my age. Hmm. 
so I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's really interesting. And like you said, the actual triangle that you witnessed, just in case anybody hadn't listened to the the first episode, that was actually over your street. If I'm if I'm remembering that rightly, it stopped right over. And the thing is, is right the way that our, our street worked is it was a cul-de-sac, and there's a big field at the end of the road, and literally. I was stood outside the other girl's house. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was actually, when my sister told me this the other week and my sister's, I, I've had this experience in me for like 35 years or something like that. And to find out that it happened to, like, she didn't just say, oh, she didn't just say that there was, um, it wasn't just, at first she said, oh yeah, there was the two dogs but then she said, oh, no, there was a woman as well. And that's what freaked me out about what my sister said because she'd always remembered the two sis- the two dogs. When I said the, the woman, it was like – and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit strange, that. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, giving me chills a little bit, that, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it's really interesting, actually, what you mentioned about with the thing of you can sense another living presence in the room and that kind of thing. It's a very similar effect – to if you look at somebody, even if they can't see you, if you're looking at them from slightly behind them and to the side, if you stare at somebody, nine times out of ten, they'll turn around and look at you because there's that weird sense that you get, isn't it, that somebody's there and somebody's looking at you. And if, if anybody who's uh, listening doesn't believe me, try it. Next time you're in the supermarket and you see somebody, look at them, and I bet you they'll turn around and look at you. I, I don't really understand the science behind that, but it's, it's a real thing. That's so, a great example. No, no, I'm really glad you've said that because the thing is, is I think in this area, and this is where, look, I, I'm an I'm a nuts and bolts guy, right? Look, I don't really want to be talking about the woo. I wish I wasn't talking about the woo because it would be easier for me to think, oh, this did not happen. But I've experienced it and it freaks me out. Look, if if I could, if I could just have ET build a spaceship. On um, you know, in, uh, in, uh, on Alpha Centauri, and then just buzzes over to here, and then buzzes in the sky, and then goes back to Alpha Centauri. That would be great with me, but unfortunately, the things that I am talking about now and the things that I have experienced are pretty frightening, right? They're really scary, and you know, uh, uh, the only reason why I, I I I need to say that the only reason why I'm talking about them is because it's it's. I think it's imperative that we that we have this conversation. And as somebody who's come from the nuts and bolts, and I'm sorry that I'm, I don't want to steal the, the I don't want to steal your conversation here, but I'm a nuts and bolts guy. I want it to be nuts and bolts. Unfortunately, I don't think it's nuts and bolts. I think there's far too much outside of this thing. And this is this is where my conversation is coming from with this. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. It's I've been saying this a little bit on the podcast recently that even if you want to avoid the sort of more strange and, and weird woo aspects of, of the phenomenon, the more you look into it, the more you realise that actually you can't avoid that stuff if you want to look into this. I mean, if you look at the work of, you know, Jacques Ballet, he's talked about this, you know, for, for decades now, you know, and obviously Skinwalker Ranch as well, They're all the stuff that's coming out with, with what they investigated. And again, the, the whole thing of the ORSAP programme was, um, you know, follow where wherever the, the evidence takes you. You know, and it took them to the weird stuff. So unfortunately, yeah. there is kind of no escaping it. So in a minute, we'll get to 
um, things that happened around about 2014, which was um, uh, another series of, of strange events which took place. But um, was there anything kind of in between or was it sort of the childhood experience that you mentioned um, and then was there a bit of a, uh, you know, a phase of, of not having any experiences? There was a thing that happened in 95 and the way that I was going to play this was... Um, I, I I think I think we should talk about it later because I think um, I don't know I, there there was a thing that happened between five of us, um, and yeah, I, well, I th- we can come back to that later. That's not a problem. Yeah. So the 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 two thousand and fourteen um, sort of like a sequence of events uh, was was to do with things like electrical disturbances and and uh, equipment failure and whatnot. If I'm not mistaken, so. What was that all about? Yeah, I mean, so the re- the only reason why I want to hold fire is here is because I think you know, I mean, I, I could jump the shark with that situation, but I think I um, what I really want to do is um, is basically kind of segue into certain certain converse, certain conversations and certain topics that people might be having right now about um, negative entities. Like Tom Long talked about negative entities that feed on people. And I I kind of, I think I might know where he's coming from with that, but also like the hitchhiker phenomenon or the sticky profile. And the thing is, it, it's very complicated. You can't just, um, you can't just talk about this thing without, um, it's not just case, oh, I went to Skinwalker Ranch and boom, and there it goes. I think there's something very, very deep here and I think there's something really, um, I think there's just something really deep about it that I, I, I just want to go in a certain order and, and basically, I, in the in the middle of 2014, I started experiencing some really weird stuff. Like I, 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 I was having, I, I was on a bit of a downtime in my life. Let's say I was starting to get a little bit depressed about the, my work situation and stuff, but I had a band, and I was cool. And to be honest, like, even though things were bad, they were still pretty good. But in the middle of 2014, I had some really weird, like, out of the blue, some really weird um, par- uh, electrical disturbances, like you've alluded to. And it, it would, it, 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 you know, like, um, it started out like, all of a sudden, like, I'd, I'd, I'd buy perfectly working order electrical equipment and it just suddenly wouldn't work. It would just be glitching. And I can't explain the glitches. It was just glitching out of things would, things would be perfectly working. Like I I would, when they came into my possession, they wouldn't work. But when I gave them to somebody else, they would work. I had like Samsung, um, I had a Samsung three and it just wouldn't work. It was like, um, the, it, I had, low battery outage uh, apps would just be flickering and flickering like when you try to touch the screen all of a sudden the screen would be flickering it wouldn't work then it i'd be getting to like weird really weird stuff like um i had a rehearsal studio so i'm probably jumping ahead here i i had a rehearsal studio in the middle i used to work for um you know a large um i know I, I worked for a large entertainment company um in a certain uh, capacity, but I also had um, a re- recording studio of my own in in Brunswick Mill Studios where I rehearse now, and um, so I was kind of running my own thing where I had a full time job working for this 
entertainment business. And it, but I had my own job. But I had my own rehearsal studio. I had my own recording studio in this in the mill where I still work there now with no problems. But like I'd, I'd, I'd have like bass guitars where the electronics suddenly wouldn't work. And I'd give them to electronics uh, electricians and they'd be like, there's nothing wrong with the electronics. It's perfectly fine. I'd be like, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I'd have guitars that wouldn't work. I had literally, check this out, right? Lamps would, bulbs would burst every week. You'd put a new bulb in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, it would burst. No, the, the, the lamps would, the bulbs would burst. The lamps would burst. My phone wouldn't work. And it, it this just went on for months. And it, it was just, in these instances, you're just like, well, okay, you know, this is going on for months. Um, it, it is what it is. But then uh, <laughs> around, around them, it, now this is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put full, let's go. Around the time of November 14, I left my job. I basically got re- made redundant. I had a lot of problems with the biz- with the company that I was working with, and I'm not going to put them down over here because I think um, after 13 years in that business, I was tired of it. You know, um, we all went separate ways. I w- but I did have certain I- – I think it's fair to say – I was a bit depressed about it and I was a bit stressed, but I wasn't that depressed and I wasn't that stressed because basically what happened was at this point in November, 2014, I, um, I left something that I wasn't happy with. And I now had my own business where I was now an independent musician in a rehearsal studio on my own. Um, so, but I basically had my own business, I had my own band, and I was going forward. And I basically sacked the day job. I got a bit of a payoff, so I've got some money. I'm all right, you know what I mean? It's like, even though I'm a little bit upset about this, to be honest, it's like, now I've left my job. What am I going to do all day? I'm going to make music all day. So all I did all day was make music. So basically... I was just, I'd, I'd left my day job and it's like, fine, for the next six to eight months, don't have to worry about income. I can just rehearse. So the fact that all of this electric, uh, uh, all this electrical stuff was blowing was, do you get me? That That's very strange because, you know, yeah, I, you know, I was a bit depressed about leaving my job, but at the end of the day, it, you've, you've kind of got the golden ticket, sack your, no, sack the the man who is over and above you. But that wasn't the weirdest thing of it. Anyway, basically, the weird thing that happened was once it was around November. It was around the same time, November twenty fourteen, around the same time as I left that place. I was lying there in the middle of the night, and something grabbed me or something grabbed hold of me by the leg. And it was like I felt like I was being grabbed by a, a, a physical presence. But in my head, it was a cat, and and I don't know why I thought it was a cat because I didn't own a cat. I'm a big cat guy, but I didn't have a cat. But I just accepted that it was a cat because in my head it projected it was a cat, and I thought it was a cat. And then a few nights later, I woke up in the middle of the night to what was like again. I don't have a cat, 
but it, it was what felt like there was. I felt like there was a cat clawing at my legs and also at my. I, I remember it, it actually really felt like a cat this time. The first time it actually felt like a human hand grabbing my leg, but um, but in my head it was saying, "No, I'm I'm a cat. I'm a cat." But then the next time, a few nights later, it was like I actually felt like there was a cat on the bed, and. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like, it, it actually was almost nuzzling. You know, it, it was nuzzling at me and it, it was almost like a cat, but it felt like it was bigger. I felt like the, the bed was weighed down a lot heavier, like something pretending to be a cat. And this went on for a few nights and I, I didn't really question it. I didn't really know what to deal with it. And I just... I just dealt with it as being something as a, um, I don't know. I, I dealt with it as a night terror. Then, right, the weird thing was, and, and, and the thing is, is like, I can understand somebody going, oh, well, yeah, you're just woken up in the middle of the night and you're dreaming. No, it wasn't like that. What I'm trying to say is, remember what I said about my brother creeping up on me in the room? This was like a presence in the room. It wasn't like... um it wasn't like a um, a dream. It really wasn't a dream. It's like waking up in the middle of the night and going, what is going on? And it was like, I, th- I think something that I probably didn't elaborate with um, with the woman and the dogs is there is this, like, this feeling of electricity in the air when these things would happen. And um, I've definitely neglected to mention that. But when... When these things happen, you're not like um, when you're waking up to the cat or the dogs or the woman and that. It's like you're waking up to um, you suddenly really wide awake, and I mean not only awake, you're like you tapped into some kind of weird energy. And I, I had a because of because this was so weird. I actually emailed somebody and I remember like writing this down in a diary at this time. And here, here is something that I've written from November. Let's go back to November 2014. And this is something that I've written in a diary at the time. I said, for each of these instances involving animals and people, I have been wide awake and in no way dreaming, hallucinating or delusional. Interestingly, I would wake suddenly to a living charge or electric in the air and you're wide awake and very aware. It's like you're plugged into an unknown energy, tapping into nature or on the edge of two dimensions. Each bedroom experienced seems to be accompanied by this sensation. And what I mean by that is like when you feel like there is this cat or this person or the dogs or whatever in your room, you wake up and it's like, there is this charge in the room. And it's 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 always between around 3 or 5 a.m. that it seems to happen. Now, that might be a scientific thing. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is like, this thing that clawed and nuzzled at my arm and then grabbed me by the leg, it, 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 I, I wasn't dreaming. I was so wide awake at this point. It was frightening. Yeah, it's very intense. And the 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 interesting thing about that kind of electric charge 
that that sort of thing that you that you can feel in the air. I've heard people talking about that a similar thing to that with, um, you know, UFO sightings and things like that as well. Um, pretty fascinating stuff. That thanks for sharing all these details. Obviously, it's uh, it's really interesting to hear. The thing about but, the electric chairs, though, let me tell you about that. Mm. Is like when you wake up, it's like the room is made of electric. It's like you can almost. It's like you can't smell it. You can hear it. You can almost touch it. You can almost taste it. But you can almost see it. And it's like the whole room is made of this charge. And maybe it's a mental... Um, it, it, I'll tell you what, right? It could quite possibly be, um, you know, part of the, the night terrors or the, you know... Um, it could be quite. It it, it could be a, an REM phenomenal phenomenon. I can get that, but at the same time, I I feel like you can see it across like three or four different sensations of electricity, and it's like you can see it, you can, t- you know, you can taste it, you can feel it. It's it's too weird to um to be a hallucination if if that makes any sense yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense like i was saying earlier with that thing of when you look at somebody and they they can just sense it there's a certain sense there call it you know a a sixth sense or whatever it might be but there's definitely something there um but going forward a little bit then to moving into 2015 you've mentioned to me that it sort of escalated a little bit as as it moved into the the following year so um would you like to go into that a little bit yeah, so at the end of 2013, I'll be quick on this one because, you know, this is, you know, I'll be quick on this, but on the on November the 18th, the day before my mum's birthday, November 19th, I found a butterfly in the house. And this is a bit weird for this time of year because um, I, I, know that, I know that it's going to be weird for people, but the, end, the butterfly season in the UK is basically ends in September so to see butterflies in November is a little bit weird. To see this, to to see butterflies in December is extremely weird. Now I saw a butterfly the day before my mum's birthday on November November eighteenth. My mum's birthday is November nineteenth, but I saw a birth I saw a butterfly in my front room, uh, in the front attic room on December the twenty fifth on a freezing cold December British day, and you do not see. Um, you do not see butterflies at that time of year. Now we'll, we'll move on from there, but I tell you that that is a weird thing, and I tell, that is something that can be seen as something that's really coincidental. But the thing is, December twenty fifth was my mum's. Um, that was my mum's Christmas Day. My mum's Christmas Day. What can I say? And for them to be visited by a by a um, a butterfly the day before a birthday out of butterfly season was strange but what the reason why i'm mentioning this is i mean people go oh yeah you know of course you're going to say that because of your mum and all that no the thing is is all of these i think all of these um all of these situations combined the 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 cat things appearing in november the you know and then the butterflies appearing in December, I think they're important to the story. In January, what happened was um, after the butterflies, the cat incident occurred again. 
there was two occasions where there was cats. I would wake up and there was a cat sleeping on the bed next to me. I didn't have a cat. <laughs> but what I felt was um, this instance of the cat running along the man- mattress onto the floor. I could, I could hear... <sighs> It wasn't just a hallucination where you're just thinking, oh, yeah, you're just hallucinating. All right, it was a thing. that It was like um, what I can't... What I can't... What I can't express to people is, is like, if if you have um, hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations or things like when you're falling asleep on the couch and somebody goes, ah, in your ear, yeah, you're gonna, you know, that's that's a hypno. If you're falling asleep and you get that, you, you, you hear that and you hear, but you don't have that in concurrent to um, your body moving and hearing something and feeling something at the same time. It's like you don't have three hallucinations at the same time unless you're under heavy amounts of like drugs or something. You'd have to be really hammered or really under the influence to have these, have these experiences what i'm saying is when i when i'm saying like these creatures were constantly invading me in my room i i would have claws i would feel the bed and i would feel things on my presence you don't have those three different hallucinations at once if you're hallucinating it doesn't happen you know no matter what how much drugs you've had and i'll tell you you know i've i've had my share amount of you know i've been out partying and I have hallucinated and I have done silly things, but you do not equate like these things that I am telling you about. I will, I, you know, I, I know I'm not stupid enough to come on a podcast and start talking about, oh, yeah, you know, I've had these silly experiences that I haven't had. When you feel three different sensations at once, like the visual experience or the, the electrical experience or, you know, there, there there are there are things that make you say this is not right. There there are things that stick with you for all your life, and you can have a million dreams. You know, you can have a you know, we've all had brilliant dreams. We've all had these great crazy dreams that we would wish were real. These aren't dreams. These are things that happened to me in the middle of the night. That I was like, there are things running across my bed. There are things running across the floor. There are, I am not, I am in a room that is projected to be my bedroom, but it's not my bedroom. And there are dogs at the end of the bed, but they project that. And I, what I'm saying is, is, you know, yeah, it could be a dream. It could be nonsense, but these things could be projecting themselves as something else. Anyway, so I'm going really rambling on about that one, but I tell you what, the point is, is at the end of January, after all of this stuff is, the reason why I'm pushing all of this stuff is because it came to a head. One minute, uh, I was sat down in, in uh, I've talked about the studio that I had, you know, uh, in Manchester, but what I would, I would bring my studio home to the cellar. So when I couldn't, when I didn't want to work in the studio in Manchester, I'd bring, I'd, I'd just put everything on a hard drive, come home, sit down in the cellar. Anyway, one day I was sat there and this thing come walking down the cellar steps. And what I mean by a thing coming walking down the cellar steps, I mean I was sat there mixing and all of a sudden I looked up and there was an invisible creature in the room with me. 
And I was like, this was about 11 o'clock. This must have been about 11, half 11 at night, maybe 12 at night. I'm a music guy. I'm, I'm up late. But the, there's, I had every envisage, env, env, envisaging, what's the word for it? I envisaged this creature. This There was an entity walked down the cellar steps and it walked into the room and I knew it was there. And this sounds crazy, but I just got so scared. I just slapped down my laptop, unplugged from the speakers and went up the stairs. Now, the two speakers that I'm talking about, they're two, um, the two, um, two time, the, the, this Rocket 5 studio monitors are like seven kilos ago. The seven kilos each. The small, fat, strong studio monitors that have a big magnet and a big amplifier. Now, I sat there in the cellar and I got so scared of this thing, what this invisible thing walking into the cellar that I could not see, but I knew was there. And I got up and I packed my laptop up and I walked upstairs and I did not come back for about three days. When I came back three days later... Those two times seven kilograms studio monitor speakers that I had on either side of the desk had been thrown across the room. And I don't mean thrown across the room. One of them had a massive scar up the side of the woodwork. One of them was um, literally just been pushed off in a strop. It was about um, two feet away from its original position on the front of the desk. But the other one was like four feet away from the, like it had been smacked. And, you know, there's, there's nobody else in the house to do that. You know, um, you know I didn't do that. I wouldn't, th- they were brand new studio monitors. I'd bought, I'd bought two sets of those studio monitors about, uh, about six months before. Yeah. I didn't throw those things across the room. Something did, whatever that thing that came down the steps. So, yeah. Pretty scary stuff, mate. So, would now be a good time to to flash back to the the nineties thing that you mentioned. So yeah, so what we're talking about there is um, the only reason why I am talking about this, um, and I can't believe I'm even talking about this anyway. Um. It's really hard because I tell you what, I mean, you sound like an idiot <laughs> when you hear all this stuff coming out of your mouth. You sound like a proper idiot. And uh, I, 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 I know you're not judging. Go on. It's, yeah, I was just going to say, it's, it's great of you to share it all, man. And I'm sure a lot of people will find it really interesting. Look, I, I, I need to just say something again here. Look, I've got, look, I'm not selling a book. I've not got nothing. <laughs> there is absolutely, you know what? To be quite honest, it's like, you know, um, the, the couple of weeks I've had, I, right now I just want to curl up in the corner and just, you know, I, right now I've got nothing to gain from this. I, I wish I could just curl up in a corner. The only reason why I'm having this conversation is because I've just, you know, I don't know. I, I like your podcast. I like you. And um, I don't know, you know, it's. I, I think I, I, I like the phenomenon for what it is and that's it. So this is the only reason why I'm telling this story. But now I'm going to tell you this story that I never really wanted to tell anybody. Anyway, like in about 1995, (laughs) this is going to sound really weird coming out of my mouth. Right, in about 1995, 
there was five of us, um, me, and I'm not going to give any names, right? <laughs> there is, right, there's a building. You can check it out for yourself on YouTube. I think it's a Chinese embassy now, but it's called Maldoth Homes in Burnage. I, anybody who's listening, you know, you might know Oasis came from around there. But um, basically, Maldoth Homes was an, um, a hospital for incurable diseases. Already, this sounds like it. This sounds like the best, like the best pitch for a horror movie ever. And when I tell this story, people are just not going to believe it. But and honest to God, look, it it just I'm I'm seriously look. It it just happened the way it was. It just happened the way it did. Listen. So basically, anyway, Mold of Homes. Without going in, without going into politics, now it's been it's a Chinese embassy. It's really good. It's been built up. It's dead nice. But back in the nineties, a, a, a me and a few a few mates, like you know, um, we we were like, um, I don't know what do you describe us. You know, our parents were 60s, 70s kids, so we, we were kind of like we used to take our like uh, acoustic guitars out there and just hang about. You know, maybe we'd smoke a bit of weed, have a few beers, and stuff like that. And we'd always hang about on on Maldoth Homes in Burnage because it was just so weird, and it was just like it like now you've got this um, culture of um, you got this culture of um, what's it called urban explorers, but we just hung about on there because there was just something about it, and I I remember like a, a lot of the songs I wrote as um, as a kid when I was growing up were all based on that place, but um, one night we went out there. And I don't know what happened was and why we were there, but basically, I remember that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very careful. Um, there was five of us. There was me, um, Pablo, um, her. There was M and D, right? Me, Pablo, her, M and D. Um, and basically, um. Her and D, basic, basically, um, there was one guy who lived in what, what, right. We, we were meeting a girl. One guy was seeing another girl. We were going to, and we decided to meet in the middle over Maldif Holmes. And for some reason, I think it was one of them nights where in, in the mid nineties, it's probably 95. So we were about, you know, in our late teens, early twenties. So I think it was one of them nights where there was no, there was nothing involved and nobody really had any money or anything like that. So there was no, there was no real drinking or there was no real smoking or anything like that involved. Uh, but one guy wanted to meet his girlfriend and everybody was like, oh yeah, let's all go over there. So we all decided to walk from one part of Manchester to the other, walk from Levenshume to Burnage. And we all started just hanging about. And it, like I said, there might've been a beer involved or something like that, but it was, there would, I, re, I remember pretty clearly there was not any amount of, um, there was, I, I, there was no, we weren't sitting there smoking joints or anything like that. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because I've actually fact checking because I didn't want to come on air and make an idiot of myself. I checked with people in the last few weeks and I said, look, do you remember this situation? Um, and they were like, yeah, I remember it very well. So, I just want to put out for the record, even though like that was a part of our thing back in the day, that this was one of them nights where this didn't happen. Anyway, we were just hanging around on Mold of Homes. Um, 
And the thing about this house is you're talking about like a weird big Victorian house. And I don't know what happened and I don't know where it started. But I remember like, um, all I remember from my situation was uh, for one minute we were all just hanging about and it, it, one minute we were hanging about and we were all like, you know, kind of bored, be doing teenage stuff. And then the next thing I remember like looking in the cellar and like getting... Uh, I was um, entranced by this glint in the cellar, in the cellar, and we 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 try to figure out how to get into the cellar because the cellar was um, used to be a um, like um, God, it's a big old, you know, it's a big old Victorian mansion or whatever. It is. You you know, and if you looked if you looked in the bars, you could see that there was a um, oh, I can't explain it. There's a way to get in. Anyway, it was an old Victorian way where the wagons had come in and do deliveries and stuff like that. And I was like uh, really um, encapsulated by a glint in the middle of the darkness. So I'm encapsulated by this glint in the middle of the darkness. Long story short is suddenly weird things really started to happen around at the same time and we didn't know why that this was happening. But I was. I felt like I was being encapsulated by a glint in this darkness, and um, one of the other people who was there said that they said that they could. They felt that there were figures, shadow figures, walking in the circumference around the building, and then another person was like, they said like there was there was this room called the blue room. We always called it the blue room because, like I said, we hung about on this place all the time because it was just such a cool place to hang out. But basically. This is one time, this one night, all of a sudden all this weird stuff started happening all at once. So but so we knew the geography of the place. And like this guy said he said in the blue room, he could see this like this figure. He said he it looked like a skeleton standing up and doing this weird front crawl. And I'm like, what the f-? and and basically there was like every single one of us was having a different experience at the same time. My guy was having this experience of this skeleton doing a front crawl in in the blue room. I was being caught by the glint. Um, One of the other girls said that she said she could see figures walking around the outside of the perimeter. And then my other guy, he said that he could see um, a shadow coming out of the... He said he saw a shadow coming out of the, um, the entrance where I was looking in. And... I remember just thinking, right, there was this voice in my head, and basically there was a voice in my head, and it said to me, um, it said, the voice in my head said to me, if you turn your back on me, I'll follow you. And I got really freaked out at that point because it was like a, um, like I said, I'd always hung about in this place before, and I'd never got any kind of spiritual thing. But then all of a sudden it's like everybody's saying, yeah, yeah, there's all this kind of weird activity going on. So we did a runner, but I'll tell you what, right? I, I, when that happened, I, um, when, when I heard that voice inside my head and I, I felt like I was constantly like pulled in by this glint, the glint, as I call it. Um, I actually walked about a mile and a half backwards <laughs> because I did not want to turn my because when you when you hear a voice inside your head that says if you turn your back on me I will follow you, 
you do not turn your back on this thing. Now, the weird thing is, is when all, like I said, when all this stuff is going on and everybody's saying like, there's this, oh yeah, you know, um, one guy saying he's seen the thing in the blue room. Uh, she's seen the pit shadow of people walking. You know what was so weird about it? We were in this, um, like um, a glass dome environment, as I kind of call it. It was like we were um, we were in this this um, we were in a glass dome that was completely not in reality. And the thing is, is if you stepped about 20, 30 yards away from the building, once you got out of that point, you were not part of that glass dome. And all of a sudden it was like windy and there was some kind of atmosphere and there was some weird rain in the air. But when you were near the building, there was no atmosphere. Now, at one point, we all decided like we need to get away from here because this is really strange. And when we did... I will tell you this, right? I was walking because that voice in my head had said, um, because it said, you know, if you turn your back on me, I will follow you. I did not turn my back. And I remember when we were walking away from it, we got outside of that dome and inside the dome, it was like a temperate zone. It was like, it was almost like the atmosphere was all kind of perfect and hazy. It was kind of like, um, I don't know. It was. It, uh, I don't want to say it's like it, it was like being under the influence of some kind of drug or something because there was a certain radius of it where you were just like, where you kind of felt like you were. Um, I don't know what the word is. Anyway, but when we backed away from it, and because somebody else said there's somebody walking outside the perimeter, there's something coming out of the ground. I don't like this. All of a sudden, it was, and I was getting that voice in my head saying, "Oh yeah." You know, um, if you turn your back on me, I will follow. I was like, right, let's get out of here now. We we need to go. And we, we left the environment. I was walking backwards away from the building. And here's the funny thing. I saw, like, uh, all these clouds above the building all started coming together and, like, forming into one point above the building. And then all of a sudden, there was, like, this explosion, like, like, um, like a ball lightning above the building. But it was like... The clouds, to me, what I saw was the clouds reversed into themselves above the building, and then there was an explosion. Now, what I want to say about this is, like, what's really weird about this is, I think um, the out of the five people that were there, two of them were really engaged in black magic. And now people are going to go, oh, what are you talking about now? But but here's the thing, right? Check this out, right? Think about this. If you look in a prayer, if you look in a CE5, if you look in a casting spells, they're all very much similar things. They're all about focusing, focusing your energy onto a certain point and willing something into existence. If you pray to God, you focus your energy into a point, you will something into existence and you try to will your pray to God into existence. If you see five, what you're doing is you try to focus your existence, your will to the aliens and please show yourselves and blah, blah, blah. If And if you do a magic spell, you are basically, quote, and meditation and so on. What I am interested in is after this event is, 
they've I had five different people from like, like I've had five people from certain different points of views. One of them was a complete skeptic. Um, and I have his comments here. I've got his comments and his comments are pretty interesting. Let me tell you the skeptics comments because I think, I think this says it all from rather than my point of view, but my memory of the event is pretty foggy to be honest. I vaguely remember going through the hole in the underground to the cellar area underneath Mold of Holmes, but I didn't see anything. We all got a bit freaked out in the dark and came back up. It was when I, it was when we were sat back outside. I saw a black shadow coming from the hole, and I thought it was a cat. But then the shadow carried on growing into an elongated tentacle shape. You could see it as well. I think you then started to say you could sense a presence watching us in the trees on the edge of the golf course, but I couldn't pick anything up on that one. Then shortly after, there was the single flash of lightning, no thunder, above mold of homes. That was the kicker for me. It felt like confirmation that something had happened. So, you know. Yeah, fascinating stuff. That is it still standing that place? You might have mentioned earlier, I can't remember, Moldeth Holmes. It's a Chinese embassy. Oh yeah, that's right, you said. <laughs> We're all doomed. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. No, but no, it is a thing, like I don't think there was any um I don't think there was any presence around that building before then. Um I actually think Right, and I said, like, I didn't want to put any cap on any of this um, conversation because, look, you know, I've, um, you know, I don't know what any of this is, and I'm not, I'm not going to say I was abducted by aliens or I saw ghosts. I don't know, right? I really don't know. What I'm saying is, is I saw this stuff, and it's really interesting, and it's real. I don't know what it is, but what I'm saying is, is I've seen it, and it's mad. But what I will say is this. Um, oh, God. I think I've just completely lost my thread then. Um, I, no, what I'm saying is, is these, you got five people that came together that were from de- very disparate po- points of view. And what I'm saying is, is like, um, I'd had my experience with a black triangle and my, you know, whatever experience with the, with the, with the woman and the dogs. And, um, Two of the people who were in the group were um, totally, um, I don't know, I wouldn't, whether I call them agnostic or disbelievers, but two of the people in the group are, um, were active practitioners in black magic and astral projection. They were really, I mean, really balls deep into this stuff. I mean, they, at that time, they were really playing with that kind of thing, and um, so I'm not saying that 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 was my um, my doing. What I'm saying is, I was part of an experience where maybe you know this stuff happens. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely, mate, and and that's why I, I think it's really interesting to hear these these accounts that you've uh, experienced over the years. Because you're not, like you said earlier on, you're not trying to sell a book here. You know, you're, you're not trying to, uh, 
you know, launch your new movie about your experiences. And, and you yourself have said, haven't you? You know, you don't really know what any of this stuff is, but you know, you've experienced it. And I have no doubt that you have experienced something. I guess I, I don't I have any idea what it is, but I know for sure that you've definitely experienced this, the, uh, this stuff. So um, going back to, the sort of like uh, the the roundabout the time we were discussing earlier, February uh, 2015, I believe it was, um, you had some more experiences where you feel uh, an abduction may have taken place, including some elements of like physical uh, abuse to your body, um, which actually left some marks and things. Maybe you could go into a little bit of that before we wrap up. Uh, but of, of course, only you know to the point where you feel comfortable, mate, because I know some of this is quite difficult to talk about. I think um, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Um, the only reason why I'm here talking about this is because I've read and heard about people's finally coming out and going oh yeah this this happened so finally you know i'm like yeah you know what this happened to me i don't feel like an idiot and look you know i don't you know i can get on with my life and all that kind of thing but i think it's really interesting for the ufo community if you've got five minutes or you know or half an ounce of intelligence to just take on board what somebody in a situation like I have got to say to you, I've, I've got nothing again. At the end of the day, I'm just telling you, these things happen to me. If you don't believe it, that's fine. I've got no problem with that because I'm not trying to sell anything. All I'm trying to say to you is that this thing happened, but you know, maybe there's a mental illness component. Maybe there is a, um, a delusion component. I am not selling anything, but what I will say to you, a hundred percent that there is a very big difference to these things that I am coming on this podcast and saying to me, saying, saying to you, there's a very big difference between me coming out and saying, look, this is an experience I had and it was really real. I, I'm not a dreamer or a, um, or I, I know what hallucinations are like because I've, I've done the drug thing and I've done, I've taken recreational drugs. I've, um, I know what hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations are like. I've experienced all of these kind of ideas and, and, and looked into everything. The thing is, is the things that I am now telling you about and the things that I've just told you about, um, uh, they are not um they're not that they're really not that because otherwise i wouldn't i wouldn't bother talking about it absolutely mate and um like i say that's why you know it's really interesting to hear about because you're not coming out and saying right you know this is what happened and this is the explanation behind all the various phenomena that are being witnessed you're just retelling you know your account of 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 what what you experienced you know at the end of the day i think there's a lot of elements of the universe that we live in that are weird you know and that we don't understand and if, if you look at like history you know everyone thought they had it figured out 500 years ago and they were totally wrong weren't they and i think there's a lot of other things about the universe that we live in that we haven't figured out yet and perhaps some of these kind of everybody if you if you get talking to somebody you have a few beers and you know everybody you meet will have some kind of story about something very strange that's happened to them i do feel like some people have had 
whether it's a genetic disposition or whatever it might be, some some people are sort of more inclined to have those types of experiences. But I think there's a, there's a lot of people that you can meet that that do have you know strange experiences, and it's it's probably, in my opinion, down to some weirdnesses of the universe that we don't really understand yet. You know? Yeah, yeah. And this is it. So um, so yeah, you know. So moving on, I mean, I, th- I think the next part. I mean, the re- yeah, I mean. Uh, talking about the speaker situation and how those speakers got thrown across a room after the situation at Waldorf Holmes, basically um, one of the people whose house we went back to that night, basically after that point, um, they had some really strange stuff happening in their house. And I remember like, um, even no matter how, like, you know, you could be having a, like a mad party. You could be really drunk out your face and like like absolutely smashed. But when you walk up to like to the top of their stairs, you get two or three feet uh, before the top of their stairs, and you just wouldn't want to go any further because all of a sudden there was like um, you didn't you just didn't want to go anywhere further. You felt like you were being watched. You felt like you were being followed. And one of the people that was with us at that time, they said that they they couldn't live in their house. After that, because um, they had experiences of things going whoosh, 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 and then down the hall and then smashing at a bathroom. And they were like, um, there was just really weird poltergeist activity in their house after that, after that time. Um, but anyway, so, you know. Yeah, so so you mentioned uh, just to kind of wrap up with, um, you'd yeah. mentioned about in February two thousand and fifteen, you'd had some some more experiences where it kind of came to a head, I guess you could say, where you feel an abduction may have taken place. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, so going back to that, yeah, I mean, and this is it, I mean, I, I, and this is why I think the reason why I was talking to you about the UFO thing because I mean, I I always thought this was this was a type of um, you know. I don't believe in ghosts, but then you hear about like the um, the abduction phenomenon. I had a dream one night that after all of this stuff was happening, after I kept feeling that there was beings in my room, like they were they were pretending to be cats, and there was like there was just basically entities in my room constantly. Um, there was one night in February twenty, it was February twenty fourth. Um, and I was basically, I, I felt like I was locked in a, a, a dream and I call it a dream, but I, it wasn't like a dream. I felt like I was locked in a, um, I felt like I was locked in a component with an androgynous person. They were pretending they were in my home. They were from my hometown of Heaton Chapel. It was like, they were pretending that, you know, I was in this. I was locked in this dream with this person, and they were talking to me. And it was it was a really weird experience because, you know, I say it was a dream. Um, it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like um, I was being completely manipulated. At the time, I just thought of it as a dream, but um, looking back on it, it really wasn't. Now, <laughs> the what happened was this person was talking to me. The background was like heat and chat. It wasn't heat and chapel. And this androgynous person wasn't who they said they were, but suddenly it was like, I kind of came out of this situation where I felt like I was being punched reverse. 
Um, it was like I was being punched in the stomach. The, the thing that really pulled me out, I felt like I was being punched in the stomach three times in reverse. It was like something was being pulled out of my stomach, not like an impact inwards. It was like I was being, something was being pulled out. And I was in a real state of kind of panic needing to get out of this situation because I didn't want to talk to this person. And the physical impact was really palpable but then I kind of turned over and this is the thing that really stands out to me is like um for some reason I have no idea why I thought this but I thought it won't be able to get to me if I face the wall and I turned on my other side and basically I was trying to fight off this androgynous thing that was talking to me and um but when I faced the wall and I thought it it wouldn't it won't be able to get to me if I turn and face the wall. At this point, something grabbed me really hard by the genitals. Now, sorry, I need to backtrack. When I was talking to this androgynous creature, there was this sensation in 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 my testes. It wasn't like an ejaculation, but it was like a constant stirring or a buzzing. But it was like um, it was like your ejaculation. It was kind of like ejaculation without any pleasure at all. And that was the, the feeling that I couldn't understand because I linked the androgynous person to the the fake simulation of of my childhood hometown of Heaton Chapel with this fuck with this um, with this um, constant stirring it in in my testes and it was like the three things were all linked. You know what I mean? It was really weird. Um, and I, you know, I, I uh, it when I turned around and thought, you know, it won't be able to get to me if I face the wall, suddenly there was this feeling where it was like something had had, gripped, had grabbed me moderately hard by the genitals and then it yanked like, um, it wasn't like, it, it was really weird. It, it was so specific and weird. It was like yank, yank, yank. There was like a gap between the two and the three. And it was like, and all of a sudden I kind of woke up. Um, and then there was this weird sound above my head. Now the sound above my head was the weirdest thing because I've, I've written in my diary, it was a sound like a large Stanley knife cutting through felt that was tightly glued to a large wooden board. Now this went on for seven or eight seconds. So, I'm lying on one side of the room, but it wasn't like um, it didn't just go in one direction above my head. It literally like went on for seven or eight seconds, but it went up the wall, across the ceiling, carried on across the ceiling, then down the other wall. It's like this hallucination went on for like seven or eight seconds. But the thing is, is like what strikes me is, is um, you know, in 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 it. I I, ne I never th I never thought that this would be some kind of abduction attempt. I've never thought about this before until somebody recent, you know, until recently looking into this kind of thing. But if all of a sudden it kind of makes sense where you're being distracted by something, um, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're having like surgical um, implementation removed from your body, and I'm like, oh, oh, right, yeah, that kind of makes sense. To me, it was a terrible dream. And and let me just say something. Um, what I'll go back is to say is um, back in November, what I started off by saying was I left my job. Um, 
I was actually, you know, I was. It was kind of mutual. We kind of made redundant. Then January, we had the um, we had the um, the the cats started happening. Then February, this thing happened. By April, I was suddenly like um, in in a complete state. From from April of um, 2015, I was completely destroyed mentally and psychologically and physically. Um, basically, the next three or four years, I went through the mental health system like um, I was. I, I could. I, I was. I was immovable after after this. After this thing happened to me. I spent the next three or four years just as a quivering mess in a corner of a room, not being able to move. Is what I'm saying. Well, you've you've come a long way since then, man. Something something I personally learned a lot about at the uh, UFO identified minicon last year in Preston was about screen memories in reported cases of uh, UFO abductions and things like that. So in other words, for anyone who's not familiar, the, um, the the intelligences that people come into contact with can manipulate memories of an experience to sort of basically mask the true nature of what actually happened with false memories of animals or cartoon characters, etc., that would be less scary to the individual in some cases, with little success in some cases with more success is is that something you feel may have been a part of your experiences the only reason i missed that i missed that um i missed that that um what do you call it i missed that presentation the one you're talking about i heard about it the only reason why i looked into this the way i'm doing is because friend of the show, Dave Smethurst. Because the next day, Dave Smethurst said, oh, right, that kind of makes sense. And he was talking about, like, the owl thing. Mm. And I was shocked. I was shocked and stunned because the only reason why I left at the early time, look, you know, I was enjoying being with you guys. Like, you know, me and you, like, I, I'd, I'd really loved um, meeting you and meeting Andy and everybody. I did not want to go, but what happened was I'd heard some some inkling of this from people who were there, and it was only their interpretation of this that kind of stunned me. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for um, the minicon, if it wasn't, I would have never kind of got some kind of... Um, it's not a conclusion. It's not a, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what this is, but do you know what? I feel better about it. Let I cannot impress on anybody who's listening to me right now. For the, for three or four years after this happened to me, I was in an absolute emotional mess, right? I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't talk to people. This, these experiences messed my head up so so much. You know, speakers on the floor, cats in the middle of the night. Um, you know, um, you know, you know, and, androgynous creatures, and you know, this kind of stuff. It's, uh, I, I don't, I, I have no problem against these, and it is whatever they are. If that's what it is, I, I and I, if it's night terrors. I'm not coming at that conclusion. I'm not 
dismissing that either. You know, there, there are probably mental health um, practitioners thinking it's ma- it's night terrors. That's what it is. You know, and they, okay, fine. That's what you think it is. But um, the, the three dimensions and the, when you're physically assaulted, and I, I mean, I was at this time, I was waking up with bruises on my arms and scratches on my arms. It wasn't just, I mean, how do you wake up in the middle of the night with like bruises and scratches on you in the middle of a, a bed? <laughs> you know, hmm. uh, and look, I'm not saying I was abducted by aliens. I'm not saying I was attacked by ghosts. What I'm saying is, is like these things are very weird. Now, I think um, there's something that no, I, I, I want to go back to is, uh, you know, something that I wrote in my diary at the time. And I never knew anything about, to me, uh, back in the day, I always thought ghosts. I thought uh, apparently people think these ghosts and people think these aliens and blah, 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 and that's it. I didn't know anything about anything else. And now and I now, now we're talking about future humans and, you know, um, you know, now we're talking about future humans. We're talking about, um, you know, um, inner dimensions. We're talking about any other. But can, can, can I, I just want to state to yourself, uh, sorry, I just want to state to yourself and the listeners something that I wrote. In, this is from an email that I wrote to spiritualists at the time to say, look, I'm in trouble. I need help. I don't know what's going on with me, what is happening. But I wrote in this email, for each of these instances involving animals and people, I have been wide awake and in no way dreaming, hallucination, hallucinating or delusional. Interestingly, I would wake suddenly to a living charge or electric in the air and you're wide awake and very aware. It's like you're plugged into an unknown energy, tapping into nature or on the edge of two dimensions. Each bedroom experienced seemed to be accompanied by this sensation. So I'm, I'm, not re- I'm not talking from my brain there. I'm telling you from my diary at this point in time, I'm talking about interdimensional things, and I had no idea. Four years, look, six, seven years ago when I wrote this stuff, I didn't know that that was a thing. But, you know. Hmm. Well, as you say, it's a, it's one big mystery, isn't it? And, you know, obviously, I, I don't have any answers, unfortunately, mate, as to as to what your experiences were. No. And, and as, as you've said, you know, uh, you don't know either, but... Um, obviously, it's, it's fascinating and, and quite terrifying experiences, which must be quite difficult to to share and and quite difficult to make sense of. So, it, just it uh, is, you know, it is. And, and let me say, look, you know, it, it it might be some kind of, you know, there might be some mental, you know, there might be some, you know, I'm quite attuned to the fact that there might be some the night terrors thing we might need to look at, the sleep deprivation we need to look at. Um, you know, we might need to look at those types of experience, but we also need to look at, I mean, if, if I'm talking about two dimensions and tapped into an unknown energy without, you know, may, maybe that's the ramblings of a madman, but at the same time, maybe that, maybe I'm into something there where I, I really did. I did not, when I was writing, when I was writing that, believe me, I did not believe in, in dimensional beings, right? But what I'm saying there is talking about interdimensional beings. So I'm, I'm quite happy. Sorry to jump in there, Frank. I, I really didn't mean to cut you off. But what I'm trying to say is, I, I just want you. I just want the listeners to understand that I, I totally believe in the fact that there might be a, a, 
a prosaic explanation for this. I am not saying there isn't, but at the same time, you cannot discount the fact that the, the, the experiences that happen to people are so real that, that it, it defies explanation. It really, it really does defy it. It really does defy explanation where, you know, where you get into a point where you've got a guy like me who's coming on who's saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you all of this crazy stuff that because it defies explanation. And I think it's worth, I think it's worth people listening to because I, I, I'm, I'm going to put my hat on it that there's something weird going on here. There's something really weird going on here, mate. Absolutely, mate. Well, listen, we're coming up to the 90-minute uh, mark, so I think that's about all we've got time for uh, for today. But I just want to say a big thank you again for coming on and talking about all this stuff. It's been a fascinating conversation. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will get a lot out of it, so thank you very much. Awesome. I've loved it. No, no. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to get it off my chest because, like I say, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Look, you, you can all make of it what you will. I've got nothing to sell. UFO Thinker Podcast.